This is Daryl Wood, host of Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show on Faith Talk 1500. First, let me say this show's your show. That's why no matter what I discuss or which guest I interview, your input is valued. If it's in the news, on TV, at the movies, whether political, social, economic, whatever, at some point I'm talking about it on Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. on Faith Talk 1500. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emory Moss, the guy who is never afraid of controversy, as long as it's biblical and theological, we want to talk about it here. And I encourage you to call with any questions you have about the Word of God. That number, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. I'm the old guy, getting older, 60-something. I won't tell you exactly, but I'm up there. But God is still using me and blessing me, and I praise God for that. If you have any questions about the Word of God, please call. Area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. And boy, do I have a challenge for you. A challenge for you. Very challenging question, I believe. Uh, And the question is this. Should a local church exercise discipline over its members? That's right. That's what's on the table today. Should a local church exercise discipline over its members? What do you think about that one? If you're thinking about it at all, give us a call. Area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. Should a local church exercise discipline over its members? Now, before you answer that question, I want to tell you something. The Bible is a lot more, let us say, dramatic than you might think. Okay, On certain areas, the Bible doesn't play. The question is, should a local church exercise discipline over its members? That number to call, area code 866-423-9578. First one out the box is going to be Lynn in Warren, Michigan. Hello, Lynn. Hello, Pastor Moss. How are you? Really good. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Just called to remind you uh, to let our listeners know about the electronic form of giving, Givelify. Okay. So um, there is an app that the listeners can download. Uh, the app is called Givelify. Uh-huh. Once the app is downloaded, you search for um, the ministry, which is Strictly Biblical Bible Teaching Center. And then um, once you down, once you uh, <laughs> search the uh, church and you find it, there's a button that you press that says Give. Uh-huh. Uh, you select the dollar amount, and then you press the ministry that you want to give it to. So you want to make sure that you press Radio ministry. Okay. Uh, so the funds can be allocated to the radio ministry. All right. Well, that's great. That sounds good to me. And I'm glad that you made that uh, uh, advertisement for everybody to know, because one thing we do need is support. 
Absolutely, absolutely. So give, give, give. You can give by check or you can give electronically through the Givelify app. Isn't isn't technology wonderful? Thank you, Lynn. Appreciate it very, very much. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful thing. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Moss. And some of you who are not tech savvy, uh, just like I'm not tech savvy, and you just want to put it in the mailbox, you can do that too by sending donations to P.O. Box 05879, Detroit, Michigan, 48205. We'd appreciate that very, very much. Number to call here, area code 866-423-9578. The, the uh, challenge on the table is, should a local church exercise discipline over its members? What do you think about it? Let's talk about it. I'm going to go to Jacqueline in Detroit. Hello, Jacqueline. Hi, Pastor Moss. Um, first, I think it's in, um, I, I want to say, either Second Peter um, chapter 5, um, 7, where um, Paul, I, I hope I'm in the right direction, where the, um, the um, man was having an affair with his daughter-in-law, and he was bragging about it. Uh-huh. In Peter? Um I, I think, is it in Peter or is it in... Well, it sounds ooh, to I me, sounds to me like what you're thinking about uh, is a Paul. Oh, oh may, it may be a Romans then. But, but, but anyway, my thing is yes, because if there's sin in the church, then the church doesn't, um, you know, flourish, so to speak. However, Pastor Moss, I have something really interesting to ask you okay. or to inform you about. Uh-huh. You know, we, we, we talk, you, t- you talk a lot on prophecy. Right. And yesterday I was watching 60 Minutes. I don't know if um, you watch it or whatever. But now, you know, the, the prophecy is, is that you take the mark of the beast or else you won't be able to um, buy anything, you know, um, during the tribulation uh, period. Mm-hmm. However, now they have avatars to, to monitor you when you're online. Um, now, I think it's Nordstrom, Neiman's Mark. I mean, you know, Lord and Taylor, just they've come up with avatars to see your feelings about what you're purchasing online. Mm-hmm. So technology, it can be great in some ways. However, I mean, have you heard of that? I've heard of all kinds of things and, uh, and, and also technology that's even more invasive than that. So what's your, what's well, your I mean, point, this though? is the first I've ever heard of them to... You know, to I don't know how how it would come about. Mm-hmm. You know, for you to get your emote where they know. Em- whereas, like, if you walk into the store, they may have someone that can see you shopping and know how you feel about a certain thing. Oh, sure. But online, that you see how you feel about certain things. Well, yeah, online they do by seeing the kind of things that you uh, might look at or pull up. Uh, they then uh, can suggest things to you that are similar to what you've been looking up. But we need to understand. You know, this is an avatar yeah. that actually, where they will, I mean, so that that is really like, wow. Yeah, like it is. It is wow. You can buy anything. It's just the wow of it that it can, your, your feelings that would emote, that they could, you know, um, capture. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens, though, remember, the technology is not the mark of the beast, 
but the technology will be used by the mark of the beast. The trouble isn't, in fact, all of this actually started, Jacqueline, with credit cards. Okay, We already were headed right. towards a moneyless society with that. So now the technology is becoming more and more sophisticated. But we need to realize the technology itself is neither bad or good, unless it's something that's being done against the law. But when the Antichrist takes over, he's going to take technology, which could be used for good things, and use it for evil things. He is going to control right. all commercial transactions, and the only way you will be able to operate in the marketplace is to take the mark of the beast. That's when it's bad, because we've got to make sure that uh, we don't get Christian groups rising up and breaking computers and busting them. That's not, that's not the solution. The solution is to realize that technology is headed in that direction, uh, but the technology isn't evil. But definitely Satan and the Antichrist are going to use it for that, uh, for that purpose, and it's going to happen. Well, well, that's what I mean. You know, that, that's where, you know, where I'm thinking, you know, that, that the use of avatars now, as far as, like, to find out um, the emotions of people who are shopping online, that's kind of wow. But, you know, but the Antichrist doesn't go in that direction. All he's going to do is take the uh, uh, computer system, the Internet system, and insist that in order for you to use it, what you've got to do is take his mark. That's, what he, that's all he's got to do. Okay? And if you don't right. take his mark, then you will not be able to uh, take place in the marketplace. Yeah, right. that's what he's headed for, not the yeah, kind of right. feely kind of stuff you're talking about. Uh, oh, he, well, right. I understand that. I'm just yeah. saying, you know, how invasive oh. it, it is becoming more and more, you know, in our lives. Absolutely. And, I agree with you. Listen, I agree with you 100 percent. And that is one right. reason why a lot of things I do, I don't even do online. But that has nothing to do with the uh, the mark of the beast. Uh, that has right, to do with right. just oh, yeah. yeah the invasion like you're talking about. It's just too much information. Uh, in fact, what, what gets me, Jacqueline, people literally uh, will take someone uh, or, or file charges against someone for talking about them on the Internet and uh, blah, blah, blah. They're uh, destroying my character on the Internet uh, and they make me feel bad. Uh, just don't turn it on. I don't, I don't care. Right, right. I don't care. right exactly. <laughs> I don't care what anybody talks to, about me on Facebook because <laughs> right. I'm not looking. So, I mean. Well, even in a group, you just walk away. You walk away. <laughs> I, I, bless can, them. <laughs> I can care less what someone says right. about me on Facebook. All right. Thank you, Jacqueline. Wonderful discussion okay. with you. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578. We're going to take a break. No, no break. Oh, you got you got to say something, uh, Marcus. Okay. Yeah, this time I got something. To say. Uh, time for Marcus. What's up, Marcus? Well, referencing how Jacqueline and you were referencing the internet and the market of beasts, mm -hmm. I, I just happened to read within the past couple of days that they have you have to use a facial recognition system to either get a cell phone or use the internet in China. Yeah, yeah. And in China, even more sophisticated, they put something in your hand that you can use to open your door besides a key. So, but all of this is what it needs. This is the tool which could be used for good, but it's going to be used for evil by Antichrist. You know, he's going to control all the commercial system. But what happens is you've got these Christians, you know, they get wild, tear up the computers, break the. That's not going to solve it, okay? The problem isn't the computer, the problem is ultimately the Antichrist. All right. Thank Marcus for those tidbits of truth. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emory Moss. The uh, challenge on the table, should a local church exercise discipline over its members? You may be shocked at the kind of discipline. In today's world, I'm going to say it this way. In today's world, 
the kind of discipline that the Bible tells you to exercise, there are people in the church who cannot deal with it. Absolutely. But it's exactly what the Bible says. That's what we're talking about today. Let's go to Marlene in Pontiac. Hello, Marilyn. Good evening, Pastor Moss. I praise God for your show. Thank you. Um, uh, to your question, which is not really the reason I'm calling, is yes, if a person is going to attend a church, they have to put themselves under the teaching, preaching, and administration of that pastor, his deacons, and so forth. Okay. So yes, I believe that it should be that way because that is what the Bible says. Uh-huh. Um, the reason I call tonight, though, really, is because we know that uh, the dead are going to rise and that some will spend eternity in hell and some will spend eternity with the Lord in heaven. Right. We know that Jesus, who talked about even separating the righteous from the wicked, sending the lambs to one side and the, the wicked to the other side uh-huh. and so forth. So this is it's pretty plain that everyone is going to be resurrected. However, tonight in chapter 26 of Isaiah, chapter 14. Okay, 26, 14. will not live again. In 26. The will not rise again. You say in Isaiah 26? Isaiah 26, verse 14. Okay. The dead will not live again. The ghosts will not rise again. How do you square that with what we know about the New Testament? Well, what happens is, and well, not only the New Testament, but the Old Testament. And especially here in Isaiah, let's read it and see where it goes, where it takes us. Isaiah chapter 26 uh, and verse 13. O Lord our God, other lords besides thee have had dominion over us. But by thee only will we make mention of thy name. They are dead. They shall not live. They are deceased. They shall not rise. Okay. Now he's talking about other lords. Okay. Besides thee have had dominion over us. Then it's talking about these these so-called lords, who are undoubtedly oh. evil, they are dead, they shall not uh, live, and they are deceased, they shall not rise. Therefore hast thou visited and destroyed them, and made all their memory to perish. Thou hast increased the nation, O Lord, thou hast increased the nation, thou art glorified, thou hadst removed it far into the ends of the earth. So what he's talking about here is the fact that the enemies of Israel, okay, who challenged Israel, they're going to die, okay, and they won't be able to come back to do any more harm. It's basically what he's saying there. But then, uh, Marilyn, in the same chapter, all right, if you go down to verse 18, okay, it says, We have been with child. We have been in pain. We have, as it were, brought forth wind. We have not wrought any deliverance in the earth. Neither have the inhabitants of the earth fallen. Then, verse 19, Thy dead men shall live together. With my dead body shall they arise. Awake and sing you that dwell in the dust. For thy dew is as the dew of the herbs of the earth, and the earth shall cast out its dead. Right here, he's talking about the resurrection. So, I don't believe that on the one hand, right, if I look at this hermeneutically, on the one hand, he's going to say that the dead are not going to rise. Then on the other hand, he's going to turn around and contradict himself. What he's saying is that the dead that were coming against God's people were not going to rise up again to, to do any problems with them. Not that they were not going to come back to be judged. Okay, So in other words, he's just uh, telling them that once they're gone, they won't bother you anymore. But there is a judgment okay, uh, for uh, uh, the living, right? The, uh, in fact, we, we know from John chapter 5, verse 47 and following, that there's a resurrection of the just and a resurrection of the unjust. And that is what Isaiah right. 26 and 19 is backing up here. Okay. Um, one other thing real quick. Yes. Um, some people know about this, not many, and others don't, so I'm kind of spreading the word. 
there are two identical chapters in the Bible, that Second Kings 19 mm-hmm. and Isaiah 37. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's all I have to say. That's right. It's amazing how the Word of God is just, you know, uh, you have uh, a lot of similarities in what is said because it all comes from the same author. Thank you very much. Oh, no, word for word. Yeah, word for word. Same author. Yeah, that's right. God is good. Thank you. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. So what would you do with an extra $500 a month in your budget? 500 bucks. This isn't hypothetical, by the way. This is something you may need to think about very soon if you decide to become a member of MediShare. MediShare is a way to pay for your health care, and typically it costs $500 less per month for a family versus other health care plans. So seriously, think about this. You could pay off loans, pay down a mortgage, save the money for retirement, donate to charity. That would be a big deal. But you know what? Here's the best thing. MediShare works. It's a Christian healthcare sharing ministry with 400,000 members. They've shared over $2 billion in medical bills so they can help share your needs too. And with MediShare, not only do you save, you don't have to pay for things you don't believe in. And that's a beautiful thing too. So here's how you can find out more, and you might actually wind up saving even more than 500 a month. So check into it. 844-51-BIBLE. That's 844-51-BIBLE. 844-51-BIBLE. Open enrollment for health insurance runs from now until December 15. PreferQuote offers a free service with access to many health care plans, and with so many options, it can be confusing. You can get objective help for a plan that may cost less and cover more with the freedom to see the doctors you choose. Most low-income plans have $0 premiums. Many plans can be coordinated with health savings accounts, which may reduce your taxes. Don't miss out on the savings you deserve. Our Prefer Quote Health Insurance Assistance is free. Don't forget, open enrollment for health insurance only runs from now until December 15. For free objective health, please visit preferquote.com. That's P R E F E R Q U O T E.com. That's preferquote.com. Or call our licensed agents at 844 Get My Quote. That's 844-GET-MY-QUOTE. That's 844-GET-MY-QUOTE. One lucky listener could win mortgage or rent payments for an entire year. It's the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. Enter to win by visiting faithtalkdetroit.com or tap the app to check out and participate in today's contest, polls, and surveys. Sponsored by Alliance Catholic Credit Union. With great rates and personalized service, Alliance Catholic Credit Union is your financial guardian angel. Visit alliancecatholic.com. And don't forget to enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. Visit faithtalkdetroit.com. Are you tired of paying high fees and commission even when you lose your money? How would you like to never lose your money again due to market risk? Join Joel Uplegger for the Safe Money and Income Radio Show. Saturday mornings at 9 on FM 92.7 AM 1500, Faith Talk Detroit. You can also call Joe now for your complimentary customized Safe Money Kit and Safe Money Book at 866-436-0133. That's 866-436-0133. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578. 
Area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. Uh, hang on, Paul. Hang on, Jamie. Hang on, Gary. Hang on, Mother Moses. <laughs> I'll be getting to all of you. Uh, but the first one on the list here is Paul from Newport. How you doing, Paul? Hey, good evening from one sixty something to another. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. It's good to know I got brothers out there. Hey, I don't mind telling my age. I'll be sixty eight in February. So uh, <laughs> anyway. Wonderful. You wish to keep yours a secret. Well, at least we know where to start. We can backdate it to at least nineteen fifty nine. But anyway. <laughs> so the question about uh discipline, mm-hmm. um would come up to the question, do, do the person who is, does the person or persons who are challenged in the discipline believe that the church to which they claim to be members of, does that church speak for God? Mm-hmm. Now, if the question is, they believe that, then they believe that the church speech, speaks for God, well, they should logically seem to be willing to be submissive to that discipline. If, on the other hand, they believe they're going to a social club where they can share <laughs> spiritual ideas and, you know, believe any old thing they want, and let's all get together once or twice a week, maybe a Wednesday night, and pray together and <laughs> and sing songs on Sunday morning, well, okay, you've got a different thing. But one thing about it, I believe I remember somebody telling me Martin Luther said after the Reformation was successful, mm-hmm. saying we got rid of one pope, now we've given every man the right to be his own pope. <laughs> well, what happens is there can be some eloquent things that are said, especially by uh, uh, great men, uh, great men of God. Uh, but the most important thing, uh, Paul, as you know, is what the Bible says. What the Bible says about it. and what bothers me today in our church today is that an, a, not a lot of the Bible is being taught. People quote other things other than the Bible. The Bible is where the rule comes from. Uh, and, uh, if the, uh, and if there's a church according to the Bible, then we've got to abide, for instance, like something that we find in uh, uh, here in Second Thessalonians and in chapter 3, verse uh, 14. Here, well, here's what uh, Paul writes to Timothy. He writes, If any man obey not the word of this letter, note that man and have no company with him, that he may be ashamed, yet count him as an enemy, and admonish him, uh, count him not, I'm sorry, yet count him not as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. Right here, we have discipline, okay, that it should be used in all churches because the word of God is for everybody, and that's exactly what Paul said. Now, to me, if you're just coming from your opinion, fine. If your opinion agrees with the Bible, good. But it always has to be based upon the Word of God. And here, this is one passage I know that is encouraging discipline, right? Well, it's just very interesting because I know there are churches, for example, um, our Roman Catholic and our Eastern Orthodox friends, who take the thing as the Bible is part of our tradition, but what the church says and how the church interprets everything stands supreme over everything else. Unfortunately, so, that's not uh, what the Bible says, though. You know, well, yeah, they can say what they want. It's like, 
it's like the rules at the Mayberry Jail. If you remember, Barney Five said, rule number one, obey all rules. Mm -hmm. And I know of traditions where they say what the church says takes predominance over everything else, and then if somebody does, as you just mentioned, cite a biblical verse that seems to contradict that well the answer was well that's not what the church teaches well unfortunately i'm telling you this you say i know that i've been around just like you we both about the same age but i'm telling you this the bottom line is it doesn't matter what the church says unless the church is agreeing with the bible what the scripture says second timothy three sixteen, is that all scripture is inspired by god used for doctrine reproof and correction and yeah. righteousness so at least any church that uh, is, is is in other words never start talking about what the church says you got to talk about what the word of god says and i appreciate talking to you today that's where it comes from the bible yeah but uh people now if people are interested in fact i wouldn't be at a church that didn't at least go to the bible to try to support what they're doing why because the bible is the word of god it is the authority in the christian church any pastor or teacher who is, has authority, it comes from God and from the Bible. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578, to be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. And it's no way you can slice it. There is some tough stuff. Can you believe it? This is from the Bible I'm reading, okay? I'm reading the Bible here. Over in Second uh, Thessalonians and in chapter 3, look at this, verse 14, where Paul writes, if any man obey not our word by this letter, note that man and have no company with him, that he may be ashamed, yet count him not as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. But definitely there must be rebuke in the church. I'm telling you, we have wandered far away from what the Bible talks about. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Let's go to Georgia and talk to Jamie. How you doing, Jamie? Hi, Pastor Moss. How are you? Real good. Do you like the way I try to pronounce Georgia? Georgia? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> what you got first, girl? Uh, I have a question. So uh, as far as 1 Corinthians uh, 14, when it talks about women being silent in the church, uh -huh. and so um, how do you reconcile that verse with women being active in ministry. So what is that verse actually speaking about? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think uh, uh, some people oversell this particular verse. Definitely it's here, and we have to abide by what the Bible is saying. Uh, so when it talks about women uh, not speaking uh, in the church, uh, you're right. Uh, uh, it, it does definitely uh, talk in terms of that in, uh, in Scripture. But the question becomes, uh, when it says that, what exactly does it mean, right? Because you're right, you're over in um, uh, 1 Corinthians 14. Uh-huh. Yeah. 34. 34. Yeah, yep, where it says, mm -hmm. Let women keep silence in the church, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also says the law. Okay? Once again, let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be silent, uh, they are commanded to be obedient, as also says the law. Now, what happens is, the problem with that, okay, is that if this means for women not to speak at all, then all of a sudden, we've got a contradiction in the text. The Bible contradicts itself. In fact, Paul contradicts itself. Because here, it sounds like he's saying for women not to speak at all, right? Mm -hmm. Then, mm -hmm. over in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, look at what we find. It says in verse 4, Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonors his head. Verse 5, 
But every woman that prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head, for it is even all as if they were shaven. So here we see women, there's no way you can pray or give a message, a prophetic message in the church without speaking. So evidently, over in 1 Corinthians 14, he wasn't telling uh, women uh, to be his silent. Being silent didn't mean they could not. Uh, give expressions that God gave them, a message or prayer, he must have been talking about some chatter that was going on because uh, back then in the first century, sometimes in churches in the Middle East, Christian churches now, the men are on one side, the women on the other. And what was happening is that the women, no doubt, were chattering and in, in a sense interrupting the service. So he told them to wait till you get home and ask questions to your husband. He wasn't stopping women from speaking in the church because if he was, then we have a contradiction between 1 Corinthians 11 and what we see in 1 Corinthians 14. So it was the type of uh, talking that was going on, not speaking in general. And remember, in Acts chapter 2, when God's spirit uh, fell on all flesh, the women, daughters, sons and daughters were able to prophesy. Mm-hmm. So we got to be careful with that. Definitely, I think the Bible is clear that a woman should not be a pastor. Uh, we get that in Timothy for sure. Uh, but evangelist, uh, teacher, uh, missionary, uh, you know, these things are open to women. Okay? So 1 Corinthians 14 has been oversold. Uh, it was telling uh, women not to have this certain kind of chatter going on. Because notice, uh, it said if they went home to ask their husbands, some women weren't married. So, you know, they can they could talk in church, just not cause a commotion, like evidently what was happening back then. Okay. I like that, Pastor Miles. Very good. <laughs> okay. Thank you, my dear. Appreciate your call Call from Georgia. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. Uh, should a local church exercise discipline over its members? Should a local church exercise discipline over its members? What do you think? Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Moss. Let's go to Barbara in Roseville. Hello, Barbara. Um, hello, Pastor Moss. I just have a question. Sure. Well, first I have a statement. My parent, I'll say my father is getting older and needs help, like with toileting and that sort of thing, changing diapers. And then there's a scripture in Leviticus chapter number 18, verses 6 and 7. Do you mind if I read it? No. Oh, okay. So verse number 6, None of you shall approach to any that is near of kin to him to uncover their nakedness. I am the Lord. The nakedness of thy father or the nakedness of thy mother shall thou not uncover. She is thy mother. Thou shalt not uncover her nakedness. Does this mean that I cannot assist my parents in their old age, giving them baths, changing diapers, and that sort of thing? No. No, what this is dealing with, in fact, the, the whole chapter, it's dealing with unlawful sexual relations. And it's one of the most graphic things that is talked about in the Bible. Incest, homosexuality, all these things. Uh, and so here, what it's talking about is to do that in a sexual nature. Okay, that is literally what it's talking about. That uh, you know, to do it for goodness, uh, for not for uh, helping or healing or something of that nature, but with a some kind of sexual content in mind. So that's what it's forbidding. It's not forbidding you helping them in terms of of, of nursing them or where they can't uh, turn themselves over. You've got to do that. Or in some cases, when you get older, unfortunately, there are diapers that has to have to be worn to help. 
the Bible right. is not forbidding that kind of stuff at all. Okay, it's talking about something totally different in this context. But it doesn't say sexual. It just says uncover their nakedness, and they need help, like my father. And the scripture is bothering me. Well, what happens? The scripture may be uh, uh, bothering you, but the only uh, the only example we have of where what was done was uh, wrong was remember when uh, Noah was drunk, and uh, right. that and and they uh, they uh, the, the the boys went in and looked at him mm-hmm. and mocked him and laughed. Right. Then mm-hmm. uh, the other brother came in and covered him. Okay, they uh, he also saw his father there naked, but he covered him up. They were there laughing and gloating. That is what it's condemning, mm-hmm. not just. Uh, but if you feel uncomfortable with it, you know, you can only do what you feel comfortable with. But I guarantee you, here in the Word of God, it has nothing to do with you just cleaning or helping them when they're sick. Absolutely not. I've done it to family members, and when I get old, somebody might have to do it to me. It has nothing at all. Mm-hmm. God is not forbidding that or condemning that in these passages. Okay. Okay, All right. thank you so much. Okay, okay. thank Bye. you for calling. Appreciate your call. Boy, we get some rough ones. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. Let's go to Gary in Pontiac. Hello, Gary. Uh, yes, Pastor Moss. Uh, yesterday uh, you had a tape program, and people were asking where the devil was. Mm-hmm. And I got a very interesting scripture in Second Peter, but... Um, it says Second Peter the fourth verse, for if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. So those thirty angels that were cast out with the devil were cast into hell. Is that what that says? Well, it doesn't say that the devil was cast into hell, because of course that hasn't it's happened. The yet. angels. Well, yeah, what he it was says. An angel, right? Yeah, but uh, he wasn't cast into hell at this point. But the other angels were? Well, some were, not all. And that's what's interesting about this passage. In Second Peter 2 and 4, and to get into this, of course, it takes some lexical knowledge. In other words, we've got to ask ourselves, okay. uh, we have to be uh, a cognizant of the fact that there are three words in Greek that stand for hell. One is Gehenna, which is final hell. The second one is Hades, which is, of course, it's hell. But it's a hell that you go into before you go into Gehenna. And then the other one, the third hell, is Tartarus. In this particular passage, Second Peter 2 and 4, hell in the Greek is Tartarus. And, and what it is, and you can and, and look it up for yourself and see uh, the validity of it, is that there were some, some angels that fell. As you know, some of them fell with Satan. And still, Satan is still, being, uh, is still tempting people on the earth. And you've got angels that possess uh-huh. people, okay? So that means that uh, these, are, these are beings that God allowed still to operate as a part of spiritual warfare. But here's the thing, Gary, and it's fascinating that evidently there were some angels so bad that maybe they wouldn't, yeah. and the only, only thing theologians can do, Gary, is guess at this one, so bad that God had to lock them into Taurus, okay, <laughs> for some reason. And when they come out, they go straight to judgment, okay? So that's what you're looking at. And so it would be good for you because you study your Bible. Uh, look at some commentaries and see how they break it down, and you'll see that they uh, will, will agree. Uh, Can I that, say something? Uh, yeah, but that's the problem that we have yeah, with this one. I understand. Mm-hmm. So there were four angels, and Revelation says they're bound in the Euphrates River. They must be really bad 
creatures. Well, no, what happens is, no, what happens is that there are, when it says bind there, there are angels that are on guard for God to release them to take care of things that are going to happen in the future. So in, and so in some cases, uh, well, what happens is, uh, uh, remember, a destroying angel can be an angel from God. Yeah, angels, they, uh, angels can cut up some stuff. So there are oh, angels that, bad and yeah, and, and, and a lot of people I, do. I, I unfortunately, some of them that you may think are bad actually can turn out to, to be good. So there are those that uh, definitely the devil is going to be involved in tribulation. But remember, angels will be carrying out the devil's judgment. So thank you for your question. Look that stuff up. It's a very interesting study that you're engaged in. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578. Going to take a break, and we'll be right back. And religion. It's been said that you don't discuss them in mixed company. Probably by someone who didn't really understand either of them. Why follow their rules? Detroit has two radio stations that shatter them. One documents the rebuilding of a great America, while the other shares the promise of the infinite. The Patriot has all the great news about growing the economy and a strengthening nation. Faith Talk Detroit raises the soul and affirms the heart. The Patriot, FM 101.5 and AM 1400. And Faith Talk Detroit on FM 92.7 and AM 1500. Mike Lindell, the CEO and inventor of MyPillow, wants to give back to WLQV listeners by offering deep discounts on MyPillow products. If you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener special, you're going to see some impressive offers. Yes, offers with an S. For starters, MyPillow has a great body pillow. It used to be $85.68. Now when you use the promo code RUNTOWIN, it's $29.99. That's 65% off. That's incredible. They have other equally Impressive offers under the radio listener special. Go to MyPillow.com. That's MyPillow.com to access more discounts on other fantastic products. Or call 800-919-5912, 800-919-5912, and make your order right now. And remember to use the promo code RUNTOWIN at checkout. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow. Christmas, is there a better time of year? We all sense something special about this season, and at Ramshorn of Rochester Hills, we believe it. When you drive to our restaurant, you'll see the ornament proudly displaying Christmas, signifying the true reason for the season. Hi, my name is Helen Thomas, and I invite your family to visit my family at Ramshorn of Rochester Hills. You'll enjoy great food and world-class service. We're fast, friendly, we have beautiful Christmas decor, and from the moment we greet you, you'll feel right at home. Enjoy a mouth-watering Belgian waffle with strawberry topping or our famous fish and chips. We are located on the corner of Rochester Road in Hamlin. Stop by today or even Christmas Eve and call 248-651-7900 for more information or go to www.ramshornrochester.com. Merry Christmas from all of us at Ramshorn Family Restaurant. There's a lot going on right now, and broadcasters are on the ground covering all of it, bringing you the weather, the traffic, and breaking news, all while entertaining you 24 hours a day. Someone needs to tell you what's going on around the world and in our hometowns, and that someone is us. We are free radio. We are always there. We are broadcasters. Visit wearebroadcasters.com or text radio to 52886 to learn more. Furnished by NAB and this station.
That number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. I'm just basting in the the uh, fantastic musical ability of Marcus, who uh, has music that comes in and goes out that I just love to hear. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Uh, just to uh, 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 comment more on what Gary said, uh, in terms of angels, uh, of destruction being a part of uh, revelation, and God has destroying angels. We need to realize, but they destroy evil uh, or unleash God's judgment on the earth. In Revelation 9, uh, in verse 1, and the fifth angel sounded, and a, and a star fell from heaven under the earth, and to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Now, these so-called locusts were released by an angel of God to do damage. So we need to realize that uh, what we see, we have to be careful of saying something is a demon when it may be an angel sent by God in the book of Revelation, which is a book we're studying. Uh, Many preachers don't touch the book of Revelation. I love it. I had too much of it at William Tyndale College there. I mean, we studied Daniel and Revelation, and uh, there's a lot to be known, and that can be pulled from those particular books. So, and we have a a prophecy class every Tuesday at 11 o'clock, at uh, Strictly Biblical Bible Teaching Ministries, where you can attend, and you can attend now, all right, 10709 Grand River. You can call area code 313-933-9270 for more information about it. Let's go to Diane in Commerce. Hello, Diane. Hi, Pastor Moss. Um, I think it's um, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, mm-hmm. the man with his, uh, with his father's wife and... Um, Paul says to, you know, to put him out of the church. Go ahead, Diane. Go ahead. Um, Well, I'm not sure. It's quite a, but he says, um, hand this man over to Satan so that the sinful nature may be destroyed and his spirit saved on the day of the Lord. That's right. I tell you, he got very deep with it, right? But you're right. A guy in the church with his mother, okay? Some believe it's stepmother, but still bad, okay? He's there. And Paul said, kick the guy out. Now, that's just, and I'm here to tell you, Diane, you won't see that kind of attitude in many churches today. Uh, But unless sin is removed, then the people that stay at the church are encouraged to sin. Right. Right? Um, Well, one of the reasons I'm calling, the other reason I'm calling is because I just took a uh, membership class at a church. Uh And um, they're... um, Statement of Faith is like two pages and just really right on. Um, and they're, um, I, I took the class to mostly to, they said you don't have to become a member if you're not ready, but to learn more about the church. Mm-hmm. And um, on their membership form, it says, one of the questions they ask is um, the, the person that's wanting to become a member of the church. It says, are you under discipline from any other church? Or did you leave a church to avoid a discipline process? Wow. If so, <laughs> if yes, please explain. I was quite impressed with that. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I you know, and um, um, also I think, um, you know, they had some requirements. For me, and it's not a legalistic church, I, I, don't, I don't think. Um, but it did one of the... Um, things for becoming a member um, was, um, well, to serve, to give, 
uh, something about living a holy life. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, so you agree to that. You agree to that. What happens is anything biblical. If it's biblical, we follow it. Okay. So in other words, uh, for me is people talk about the church a lot. Well, fine. The church is no good as the word of God. Uh, uh, and you are right on. Sounds to me like what the church is saying. There are some good things. Uh, listen to here, Diane, where in First Corinthians chapter five, where you took us, by the way, a brilliant passage to go to where it says, and this is Paul, verse nine. He says, I wrote unto you in a letter not to not to company with fornicators. Wow. He said now, but then at 10, he said, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world with the covetous or extortioners or with idolaters, for then you must needs go out of the world if you try to get away from all of them, right? But then he says at verse 11, but now I have written unto you. This is the Bible, not Pastor Ma speaking some meaning. It's the word of God. First Corinthians five eleven. but now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or a covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner. With some, with such one, know not to eat. Okay, and man, then he says in verse uh, twelve, for what have I to judge them that are without? Outside of the church, we don't judge people. We got to preach the gospel to them. But in the church, if you're professing Christ, he say, do you not judge them that are within? But them that are without, God judges. Therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked person. Wow, that's how you keep sin out of the church. If sin is being practiced out. In the open, it must be judged. That's the Bible, not the church, not the doctrine of some church. That's from the Word of God itself. Well, okay. I yeah, I was I was impressed with this question about them asking because I thought yeah. you know somebody's being disciplined. They don't want they don't want them just coming to their church, right? And they should you ask. Know, I, I, yeah, what was it about? You know, or what was the discipline yeah. uh, <laughs> that you were under? That's a good question to ask. I'm I'm thinking they may have had problems with it before. Well, probably did. You know why they would put that in their, um, you know, their membership questionnaire. So, oh well, okay. I you know I I I, I have faith that there are still biblical churches out there. I mean, you have to you have to look for them, but they are there. So well, they are there. Uh, if you want to uh, gauge is how many of them there are. Uh, on any Sunday, if you happen not to attend your services after you leave, watch on television and see how many of the preachers in the churches today are using their Bible. <laughs> Check yeah, that out yeah. and give me a call back. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. appreciate your call. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emory Moss. Going to take a break, and we'll be right back. This is Owen Strand for townhall.com. What does exposing the truth cost you? In the case of pro-life activist David DeLayden, it will cost $870,000. Recently, a California jury ruled that DeLayden's undercover videos exposing Planned Parenthood's sale of aborted baby parts caused substantial harm to the organization. Many will remember that DeLayden caught numerous Planned Parenthood workers on camera talking about the sale of baby parts from aborted children. His undercover work could be compared to what we've seen from 60 Minutes over the years, and he's paid a heavy price. His videos have shown the horrible nature of the abortion industry. Planned Parenthood is just not in the business of health care. The organization enables the slaughter of hundreds of thousands of unborn babies and is the foremost representative of our anti-human culture of death. Delighton is in the crosshairs now, but time, and hopefully the courts, will ultimately vindicate him. I'm Owen Strand. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Preparing leaders for the public square. 
Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. A moment of destiny from Pastor Paul Shepard. I'm here to tell you there are going to be times in your walk with God when he leads you into anything but a comfort zone. What you're going to have to learn to do is redefine comfort zones. And from this point on, you're going to have to decide, my comfort zone is anywhere God whispers for me to go. You're going to have to redefine it. See, it's one thing to make a risky move when you see the potential reward. It's another thing to make what feels like a risky move when you can't even explain why. Pastor Paul Shepard is the senior pastor of Destiny Christian Fellowship in Northern California. The program is heard daily on radio stations across America and anytime at pastorpaul.net. This is Molly Smith, your host on From the Median, a daily report on the pro-life movement. We use the metaphor of a divided highway to illustrate the two worldviews that are deeply dividing and driving our country in opposite directions. From the Median features ongoing dialogue concerning the vast spectrum of issues that threaten the sanctity of human life. You will hear the ethical and moral dilemmas emanating from movements and social policies, driving industries and institutions profiting from abortion unethical stem cell research, human cloning, and euthanasia. The pro-life responses to these cultural changing issues are the topic of our programs. Our expert guests, who represent all professions and disciplines, contribute weekly to the discourse. As we travel along the divided highway, we encourage you to take time to consider the ideas and principles you hear on From the Median. Join Molly Smith from the Median, weeknights at 8 on Faith Talk 1500. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss on another Bible Talk program. You may want to show up. You might want to visit a church, all right? I know everybody at churches, they visit other churches once in a while. So maybe this might be your time to visit this Sunday at the 11 o'clock service because I am preaching a message entitled, could Jesus sin? Could Jesus sin? Okay. Could he have sinned? We know he was tempted. So therefore, since he was tempted, could he actually sin? I'm going to tell you what I think about it from the Word of God, Sunday at 11 o'clock service at Strictly Biblical Bible Teaching Ministries, 10709 Grand River. One, <laughs> I hope I'm not messing it up. 10709 Grand River at Oakman. That's where we are. You can give us a call for directions at area code 313-933-9270. But could Jesus sin? Okay, Going straight to the word of God, and I'll tell you what my position is. I think some of you may know it already. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible talk with Pastor Emory Moss. Let's talk to James in Detroit. Hello, James. Uh, hi, uh, Pastor Moss. How are you? Great. That's good. I had a question regarding uh, homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Is there any scriptures that talks about homosexuals being able 
to repent. And is it is it also true that it's an unforgivable sin? No, there's nothing in the Bible that says that homosexuality is an unforgivable sin. It is a sin, but it's not unforgivable. And in answer to your question, yeah, we can repent from all sins. No, no, okay. no. In fact, we know that. In fact, let me show you a scripture that makes it clear in answer to your direct question that people okay. can repent from homosexuality because it's in the Bible. All right. The Bible mm. talks about it. it says here over in first Corinthians chapter six, this is where we find it. Uh, write what you ask. The exact answer to your question is here where in first okay. Corinthians six and nine. It says this. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That's period. If you're unrighteous, you're not going to heaven. He says this, be not deceived, neither fornicators, right? Mm-hmm. So notice the Bible doesn't just talk about one sin. It talks about a whole group of them, okay? Neither right. fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate. There you go. That's how okay. homosexuality is described. Nor the effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, right? So all of this, right. so notice all, in other words, some people say, why does the Bible, you're just condemning homosexuality. Here, Paul is talking about all of it, fornication, adultery, homosexuality, uh, nor abuses of themselves with mankind, verse 10, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners Mm -hmm. shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now, here's what you're looking for. It says at verse 11, Mm -hmm. he's writing to the church, James, to the church. He's talked about thieves who are sin, covetous, talked about drunks, all of them. Then he said, and homosexuals. But then at verse 11, Mm -hmm. and such were some of you. But you are washed, you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So right here, he he said Mm -hmm. that there were people who were committing homosexual acts and repented. Right there in verse 11, and he's talking to the church, such were some of you. So of course, sinners can repent. The only ones of which there's no repentance is when people blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. What that means, really, that can't be done by a Christian. That can only be done by an unbeliever who has seen everything that God can offer, and they still turn their backs on him. That's the unforgivable okay. sin. There'll be no forgiveness after you're judged at the Bema Seat judgment. Not the Bema Seat, I'm sorry, the White Throne judgment. Okay, okay thank you so much. I didn't know that. <laughs> All right, well, thank you, sir, and I appreciate your call. And all of you listeners, it's good to have so many callers that keep me perky in my old age. That's right. Got to keep this brain going. So I need all the questions you've got, all the challenges you can give me. Uh, But in terms of it, uh, uh, radio audience, I would say this to you. You handle the uh, challenge pretty well. Yes, there is church discipline mandated in the Bible. Yeah, the Bible tells us to discipline the church. That's the only way we can keep from, um, as it says, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. To make sure we don't get lumpy, we've got to deal with sin in the church. We should do it as lovingly as we can, but it still must be done. Uh, The worst thing you can have is the practicing of sin in the church because it encourages others to do the same thing. All right. So I'll be talking more about this in in time to come. We covered some great scriptures. There's others that I'd like to bring. In fact, one more in particular I'd like to bring to the table, but that can be for next time. All I want you to do now is just think about sending donations to support Bible Talk. That's right. You can do that by sending donations to P.O. Box 05879. That's P.O. Box 05879, Detroit, Michigan, 48205. Make out those checks to Bible Boot Camp Ministries. We would appreciate it very, very much. And also, 
please, if you can, make your way to Strictly Biblical Bible Teaching Ministries this Sunday for our 11 o'clock service where you will hear a message, Could Jesus Sin? Could Jesus Sin? We know he was tempted. Some have asked the question, well, why was Jesus tempted if he can't, he couldn't sin? Wouldn't you like to know the answer to that question? Wouldn't you like to find out about that? That's what we're preaching, or I'm preaching, this Sunday at the 11 o'clock service with my Bible in my hand. I will show you what my position is and defend it straight from the Bible. Could Jesus sin? Strictly Biblical Bible Teaching Ministries, 10709 Grand River at Oakman. For directions, call area code 313-933-9270. I look to see you here. And until then, God bless you. Keep reading your Bible. And we'll see you next time. Sponsored by Bible Boot Camp Ministries.